welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I'm excited to say I've got a returning guest. She was on the show last year where she was talking about how to feel good enough. If so if you've not caught that episode yet, I highly recommend it. But in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about midlife wisdom and how to let go of stuff that doesn't serve us. So it's my great pleasure to introduce again, Anita Grabiet. Good morning, hello, Anita. Hello, hello. I'm yeah, very grateful and privileged to be back. Um, as I said, Lynn, I've, since um, I was your guest, I got introduced to your podcast and I've been listening to every single episode because even though I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and, you know, I'm way in my 40s, I, I keep learning and it's just so insightful for me. And I'm I'm really grateful for what you're sharing. And I'm sure everyone who's listening to your podcast as well has got the very same opinion and view on it. So thank you. Thank you so much. That means such a lot. And for those people that are new to the podcast or those people that have been listening to the podcast for quite a while, it is free to subscribe. I think some people think that you have to pay to subscribe, but it is free to subscribe. So if you like the stuff that we're talking about, then please do subscribe because it does help the show go more global. So thank you for that. So Anita, in your job as a psychologist, a nutritionist, and wellness and hormones expert I suppose you're mainly dealing with women of a certain age and um, in this particular episode we're going to be talking about midlife wisdom and I'd just like you to just tell us a little bit about what got you interested in that particular topic. Well you know interestingly enough it happened out of choice. Uh, last year when we I think it was last summer or maybe even summer before when we when I had the pleasure to have this little chat with you on your podcast, I've, I wrote this book, How to Get Pregnant Shortcut to Your Fertility. So it's a female reproductive journey to uh, support and optimize her fertility because most of my clients are women over 40 who are still hoping and trying to conceive. Many of them do. In fact, my oldest client who got pregnant and had delivered healthy baby was 51. Wow, and that's great. Wow. Well, just to straighten it up, she froze her eggs. Um, she was over 45 when she froze her eggs. And uh, medical science tells us that there's no point in freezing your eggs over age 35 but because she had this strong belief. That story she was telling herself was, I will be a mother and I want to have a child when I'm in the right relationship. She was also lucky genetically because her mother had her accidentally age 48. So when she was 48, she met her life partner because she's done so much self-work and exploration and that awareness 
that then we only worked on optimizing her hormones, getting her sugar level onto the right healthy balanced ones, uh, improving her sleep, making sure her diet is appropriate. And with no problem, she carried that pregnancy. Uh, 51, she had that baby. And the baby is now, I think she's six, her daughter. So, wow. um, <laughs> so yeah, that was the book. And the book got awarded, which a very humble and privileged position for me to be. And also have been used around, I would say, nationwide. So even I got clients in Australia, New Zealand. And then when we spoke, I wrote how to be good enough. I would believe it's probably... Well, it's probably any age reference because we all feel it's this imposter syndrome that there is something lacking in us, right? We, we're not pretty enough, we're not slim enough, we're not successful enough and all the stories that we tell ourselves. And there was also the voice in my head. And at some point, I believe wherever we are in life and especially when we're gaining years, we're giving to this not enoughness so much time and energy. And I thought, well, let's write about it because there's too many people. There's too many people constantly sabotaging their dreams, sabotaging their idea of what to contribute, how to contribute to the life of others. Because I believe we've got this dormant talents, passions, whatever it is. But we constantly think, no, what if, what if, what would people say? Oh, this is embarrassing. So this is when that book happened. And suddenly I'm being invited to a, a very big event called Postcards from Midlife for the UK um, audience. There's a very big podcast that's, um, I guess, thanks to this podcast, the whole idea of perimenopause and menopause started to become normalized because there were certain age females who decided to talk about how they feel and that menopause is not just the medical event where you don't menstruate for a year, but it's everything around what's happening, what's going on with my moods, with my energy, with my sleep, my self-esteem. And that's not so much dependent on me. I just need people around me to understand that this is the time of life when I'm going through, I need to be supported. So they started to talk about, it became very popular until they had to create a massive event. And I was invited to talk on that event on on midlife stories. And from that event, what happened? Another big uh, event called Mind, Body, Spirit. One hosted in London, then another one hosted in Birmingham. I just spoke at NEC last week. And there was a few other um, BBC radio interviews. So it turned out that actually what's going on for la in our lives in that midlife uh, it's very important and needs to be heard and needs to be maybe straightened <laughs> for some of us as well. And um, funny story, I'm I'm guilty of scrolling on Instagram and I'm sure um, quite a few people will be guilty of that as well, of that entertainment mm -hmm. or time-wasting. Um, and I follow this lady. She's, um, she's 53 years young, as she likes to say. And she is, she used to be some sort of... Um, American TV presenter, journalist, and on the top of my head, I forgot her name, forgive me. That's the brain fog, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you start forgetting things <laughs> unless you write everything down. But she, oh, but she, um, she went to the streets of New York and she started asking random people, what do they think, what's the age for midlife? And people would be standing them like peers, students, mm, 
I think 29. What do you think, guys? 30. Some people are voting 30, some 29. And me and probably people of more mature age would be laughing. And then when she started asking people of more mature age, they would start considerably giving different answers. So they would say that midlife probably starts somewhere in your mid-40s. And some of them you would say maybe mid-50s, because what, what do we know really what defines midlife? So it's a very in interesting aspect. What do we call midlife? Why we, why we call it midlife? And how does it refer to ourselves individually? But the symptoms of midlife, yes, could be the physical symptoms for women. We see the sleep is affected. Uh, our moods are changing. Our energy is changing. Of course, perimenopause, menopause. We see the waistline is um, challenged to, <laughs> to keep yeah. a certain size. And it's it's not even the waistline anymore. It's it's more about that sugar, right? The glucose that you you think you're eating the healthiest diet, but you you constantly feel the lightheadedness and your blood glucose is out of whack all the time. So that's very often happening uh, because, yes, because the hormones are changing. The sleepless nights because progesterone is low. So there is so much happening there. And right along with that, you start questioning your life because you would like to think as you going to leave something uh, after you're gone, or you also would like to contribute to, to this world, to this planet. And very often the jobs, the positions you've been, you've been, you know, you've been holding for so many years are not enough because they are not meaningful. At some point in life, I believe a mature human being wants to do something meaningful. So it's no longer uh, the figure in your in your bank account, but is it what does it mean? What does it stand? How do I, as a human, contribute to at least my environment? How do I change the lives of others? So that's more or less where I see my clients, myself, people who I'm, whom I met on those big events, the questions they were raising, they were asking. Excellent. So, so, so exciting about what you've uh, been doing, what you've been up to since we last spoke. So congratulations on all those things that you've been able to, and all those stages that you've been able to speak at and um, share your wisdom with such a big audience. That's fantastic. And you know what, I, I do hope and I do feel that mindsets are changing and that we're, we're, we're becoming more open to learning more about you know a, a higher purpose as to what we're here for and what we're about rather than you know just wanting to earn money to buy materialistic goods as as such these days i'm i'm seeing amongst my clients certainly a, a shift in terms of wanting to make the planet a better place or at least their immediate environment a better place i don't know if that's your story as well anita Definitely my story. I've got my third decade of corporate work and I was for the past five years, not the past five years of this life, because this life has been working as therapist and having opportunity to write those two books and uh, serving clients. Uh, that has been amazing. But before this life, in my previous life, let's put it this way, <laughs> I thought I was doing great. You know, I, I went to university. I got good marks. I, I got a good job. And I was trying to survive in that job, right? I was trying to do as everyone does, um, getting better at your at your career and performing Monday, Friday, and then recovering over the weekend. This was normal. And then we question it. Okay, how exactly? What does it mean for me? How do I 
how do I help anyone else on this planet? And as you said, I do see this around us even more, especially with the challenging time of wars, uh, environmental issues and everything else. And seems so many of us are getting sick, sick for no reasons. The diabetes, the type to write is, is omnipresent, cancer, and it's, more well, even with era of COVID, we noticed that there's nothing more important than our health, physical and emotional well-being. And very often, <coughs> apologies, this well-being comes with us literally slowing down. Yes, absolutely, hundred percent agree. So, when you talk about you know offering some midlife wisdom and specifically around letting go of things that don't serve us. What's the starting point when you work with somebody about, you know, teaching them how to let go? You know, what is something that you could share with us that would be an example of that? Well, first, uh, I would like us to get an introduction. And I know I can't have a little a chat with each and every listener, but I would love every single person to a kind of have an idea of if you're putting yourself in front of yourself and trying to step out and just uh, give yourself a little introduction of who this person is. Okay. First, you look at them visually because we like to judge ourselves and others. This is our nature of what does this person look like? I don't know. Are they attractive? What size they are? What age? What are they wearing? And then looking at that person and realizing how how is this really relevant of who I am here and here? Okay, how, I don't know, that skin color, that eye color, that age, that race, just how is this really relevant of what gives me happiness, what makes me feel free, healthy. So stripping that layer off, then moving on to the, um, could be exactly the bank account, how much is in it, the car we're driving, the location we live in, what type of accommodation. And then thinking, how does this make me happy? Okay, how does this define who I really am, and what's my inner heart desire? Because the only certain thing is that we will be gone. Every single of us will be gone one day, and it can be next year. It can be in the next thirty, forty, fifty years. We have no idea. And what else would I like to do? And I'm trying to say it's not some spiritual preaching, but just the fact that live your life as per your terms. So don't compare yourself to the Joneses. What you're supposed to wear, what front clothes, where you're supposed to live. Um, all these external factors of what social expectations are thrown upon you as of the, the job title, the, I don't know, the title of the scientific title, we need to get in certain education. What is it that you really want to do and go for it? Because I truly believe that that call, that inner desire, that fire that needs to be ignited, that's our passion. And that's something that we probably will be very good at it. And it will be something that we will be helping others. Excellent. You know what, it's such a, uh, you know, uh, an empowering piece of wisdom that is, you know, in terms of, I feel it's so important that to change the um, school system for a start so that we don't actually have these issues and problems and are affected by, you know, media and uh, external people and and 
than look, looking at ourselves and comparing ourselves to others because you know that's what we've been conditioned to do it's 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 sad in a way that you know it starts right from childhood and um unfortunately you know we we don't necessarily have good parents all the time or good teachers or good carers for role models um to actually educate us around empowering ourselves and knowing that you know it, it is easy once we learn to empowering ourselves and, and accept ourselves and love ourselves and know that we are enough and know that we are worthy of love. Beautifully said, yes. And also, the, you know, the more we become aware and people now dig into personal developments and it's just, you know, learning stuff and then you realize, oh, my parents said this to me 20 years ago. That's why this is happening to me now. Or that, that you know, that school teacher said that, or my whoever friend said something. And yes, people do say things that act certain way, very often unintentionally or because of their low self-awareness then. And I believe our parents did the best they could with the, what they were able at the given time. So for me, the biggest lesson and healing is to make peace with past. That's letting go of people, events, and energy that no longer serves us because we could constantly live in the past and wishful thinking of woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's just, it's gone. It's gone and it's just literally a waste of our future energy. So much could be done from right now till whatever days, hours, years, decades we are still given in this life. So for me personally and for all my clients is just saying goodbye to the past. Uh, and it's, it could be, yes, it could be 10 years of therapy if some people wish to, but could be literally quitting it cold turkey. How? Some people, I invite them to look into their passions because when they start working on their passion and they see how that passion is whatever that is, but it's in a way contagious. The interest is so wide that someone is interested in what they do, how they do it. You are feeling seen, you are feeling recognized and you feel of value. You feel of value, you feel of service, you feel of worth to the point that you feel yourself with the self-confidence, self-esteem and self-love that you've got no time for the BS from the past. Yes. And in the Perfect. same time, for example, I've got clients, females who are, uh, yeah, middle age. We're talking maybe forty-five and more, and there's menopause on their way, and they feel uncomfortable because um, they are putting on weight, and the sugar level is high, and they're going to the gym, eating salads, nothing is happening. So they just say, "Okay, I'm quitting it," and they are going to have a little indulgence night with a lot of sugar, and they are shaming themselves and feeling guilty, and you know, like vicious circle. So I purposely, when I work with a person who I know that's working from one reward to do the other reward, that's just how the brain functions, I ask them to concentrate on their passion. Because when they do, and exactly when they feel like getting up in the morning is so exciting because they can do what they love doing, they automatically choose to make better nutritional choices because you don't looking for anything that will fill the void in you. You use nutrition to fuel your body because you feel that body and mind is of value, is of worth. 
And you don't even have to make any effort to make a choice between salad and McDonald's. You just naturally going for healthier nutrition. And you also choose, I don't know, the cake, the ice cream as a reward, but that's rather a quality than quantity. So it's a very strange concept, but in a nutshell, healing starts from letting go of the past. It, the past can be five minutes ago, 50 years ago. Anything that happened below this breath is the past. Letting go of that past, letting go of this emotional attachment. And also the mind is like our monkey and wants to repeat and repeat and repeat the story. You've got the authority, you've got the power to control it and just say, thank you very much. I'm no longer interested in that story. And you see, you have to say it five, 50 times, but at some point, this is out of your mind. And then you've got the chance to create something new. Yes, at first you have to motivate yourself and just just like with anything, like people want to start running a marathon. It's not going to happen overnight. I'm not a runner, but I believe you need to go for 2K, maybe 5K run, and you need to train it with consistency. consistency. So the same, the concept of me freeing yourself from the past is constantly repeating ourselves and my mind I'm not interested in that story. That story no longer serves me. I want to say adios to that story because I'm pre preparing space and saving energy for something else, for something I'm excited about, for something that has been dormant inside of me, dying inside of me for the past, I don't know how long, but every single human being, if I ever got onto... Uh, the quality of intimate conversation of what are your desires, what are your wishes. I haven't met a human being who would say, I don't know, I'm bored with life. There's not even one person. Mm. There's nobody who would say they are so bored with life. If you give them a chance, if you just literally help them to ignite something that's hiding here, oh, we are genius. We we divine creatures. We we really exceptional, each of us. And I think it's important to state that some people don't actually know what their passion or purpose is. But sometimes if you just uh, mention, well, you know, you don't have to know, but just be curious about things you might want to try, you know, that interests you, that might lead to a passion or purpose is uh, another option to actually heading you in that direction. Precisely. And it's not like each of us will write a book. Did I think I was going to write a book? No, I was a kid. And when I was a kid, I was saying, yeah, I will write a book. But, you know, it was a joke. And not each of us will fly to the moon and back. No. Some people, their passion is being, I don't know, being a mother, being a grandmother, uh, being a spouse. And they love that role. It's very meaningful for them. So whatever it is that gives you meaning. It could be baking bread. I love baking bread. This gives me so much meaning. So it could be your simple activities that you feel they are meaningful and they give you that joy and they give you purpose. Thank you for clarifying that because it doesn't necessarily have to be something big or huge, huge or, or some global impactful dream that you might have that, that, that can give you that passion or purpose. It, like you say, it can be something right in front of you that, that's within your own family home and and just being like you say a mother or a grandmother uh, that that lights you up you contributing to your words you're making other beings happier you 
contributing to their emotional well-being. You're creating bonds and you will be remembered. Yeah. You're teaching them something. When I think about my grandma, my grandma turned 90 yesterday. I had beautiful, unfortunately, she's not in the UK. So I had a video call with her and we had the most amazing conversation. I'm thinking, wow, I remember when I was a little kid, how much of value have you offered me into my life and my values and my outlook on life and I'm just thinking I'm so grateful and she's just some lady in a small village in Poland who survived two wars wow wow yeah we don't know really what legacy we are leaving behind you know and I think um you know it's so important to remember that you know you can touch someone's life and not even realize it even a stranger just by giving them a smile or a you know a small conversation or showing some compassion and not even know how much that might have meant to that stranger. You might have stopped them taking their own life just by doing that. Precisely. We have no idea what the other person's story is, right? What walk they are walking right now. So if you can choose anything, choose kindness. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important as well to... Um, focus not just on letting go of the past but also any worry or doubt or fear around the future as well you know it's always about I think educating people to just live in the present moment and you know think about what brings you joy just right in this moment because this moment is all we have isn't it this moment is everything we have especially now around everything that's going on in the world it's so easy to just get stuck into the idea of exactly how this is going to affect you. So one advice would probably to watch the news less. That's probably a good advice. And secondly, as you said, doing anything, anything that is for you that keeps you present in the given moment. I even advise my clients to concentrate because they say, oh, I don't know how to practice mindfulness or meditation. I just said, oh, do you make yourself a coffee every morning? I do. Okay. Concentrate, give yourself that five minutes when you're getting the water into the kettle, when you're then taking the coffee, when you're adding milk, sweetener, sugar, whatever that is. Then when you're waiting for coffee to brew, then enjoy every single sip. This is your mindfulness moment. This is you being very present in the present moment. Another nice thing that a woman taught me was... Um, you know, even when you're washing up the pots, you know, enjoy the feeling the soap and the suds in your fingers, you know, even going as far as being aware of and conscious of that sensation and enjoying that. Precisely that. Exactly. I also, I don't know, I heard or read it or maybe it was in your podcast, actually, because then I was thinking not every single time I have to say, but quite a few times I was doing the dishes. I was almost playing with it. <laughs> the bubbles yeah <laughs> the sensation the temperature of the water I was like okay this could be very mindful and playful activity and very meaningful right because you've got your pots ready to go next time you're cooking again <laughs> absolutely so we can make you know even the most mundane chores uh, a pleasure experience for us you know just by changing our thoughts and perspective around that activity can't we Yes, so actually we could work with anything. It's anything for everyone. And maybe for those of us who are stuck in nine to five and they feel that's like a routine, but you don't, you can't do anything about it because you understand the financial security of that and you've got mortgages and, and families and everything else. 
look for something in the job that gives you fun and also how could you make it um yeah joyful mindful um task out of it that keeps you um present one of my favorite places to actually practice mindfulness is, is actually when i'm in a bath or a shower in the morning is you know imagining that the water is like my fountain of youth and i'm getting rejuvenated and i'm looking younger every every day and uh, getting wiser every day and uh, you know playing with the fact that the, that water is um as i say some sort of magic water that is totally rejuvenating everything about my body so I, I play with that quite a lot in the mornings i don't know whether that's something you you're aware of but that is one of my things i love it i love it so much i'm going to borrow it from you because <laughs> i think it probably has got so much healing on the physical and emotional level because you literally feel like you being reborn every single time you have a shower absolutely i believe reborn energetically because this is the way of also shedding of the old yeah reborn on the physical level if there is anything and most of us there's something going on in our bodies so giving that body a, a chance to heal and renew and also emotionally somehow letting go of whatever our mind is holding on to I, I think it's beautiful yeah and just knowing that you know you're washing away all the waste uh, that you don't want and uh, any toxins that you don't want and you know the water is refreshing and as I say I just think about it as being my fountain of youth as I'm standing there and uh, you know it just sets you up for the day in that positive mindset uh, rather than thinking oh I woke up it's another you know horrible day <laughs> or whatever you know you may have previously sunk into it's easy to get into those rabbit holes isn't it but I think you know if that's one of the first things you do every morning it really sets you up well for the day to you know make that the start of some sort of mindful practice fountain of youth beautiful I, I love it I love it so much <laughs> thank you all right Anita for those uh listeners that would like to get in touch with you and connect with you what is your best contact information um they can find me on the website which is my full name.com so we can add it to the notes uh .com. uh they can also find me on instagram or facebook under my name excellent so any final words of wisdom that you'd like to leave the audience with around midlife wisdom and specifically around letting go uh letting go of judgment or expectations and why i'm saying this because at age of 40 i decided to become a snowboarder at least try snowboarding i was wow. always sharing a room i was thinking I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm not cool enough i'm not good enough i'm too old an opportunity happened and right now snowboarding is my favorite activity and i actually snowboard and every year I go and I do anything to go. And I am, I'm actually taking ladies. Um, the youngest one is 40. The oldest one is 65. That proves something. And they are all learning to ski or snowboard. I take them every year. We're going uh, for a week. We call it White Wellness Adventure. And we're staying in this beautiful, unique and very traditional chalet on the border of Slovenia, Austria and Italy. 
And every day we start the day with beautiful, very different, every day it's different nutritious breakfast uh, and coffee made for us. Imagine someone serves you breakfast and coffee. And then we go, we decide where we're going to learn or practice skiing or snowboarding. Depends on the weather conditions, depends on the crowds. We, we don't want any crowds. We've got about eight ski resorts around us in those three different countries. And it's only like half an hour drive to each of them. And we do that, then we would stop for nice lunch on the slopes. Normally we sit outside in the sun. And in the afternoon we come back home for coffee and cake. Then I offer a yoga class to stretch and uh, recharge for the next day. And then it's the evening by the fire with, with some nice dinner, maybe a glass of wine. And it's just the most beautiful week for women to come together and share a lot of wisdom and let go of any life expectations. And I love when, imagine, coming at so age, midlife, midlife, when you're going to learn something like skiing and snowboarding, you need to really be very vulnerable and open. Uh, first of all, to someone's critic, because someone will tell you what need to, you need to improve, what you need to do differently. And also open to life, trusting life. And many of these ladies who have been coming with me for years, they thank me not so much because they learned how to ski or snowboard, but they thank me for the fact that this opened so much opportunities for them. They've gained the self-confidence and they, two of them, for example, they got new jobs, age 58. One wrote a book and she was 67. So there is a lot coming in, you don't even know when. So I'm asking everyone to let go of expectations and really, really try something new. And if you would like to learn ski on snowboarding, I still have two spots for that uh, retreat end of January, and I will be very, very happy to to meet you there and, and ski or snowboard with you and connect with you. That sounds really exciting. It sounds fabulous, and uh, all the best to you on that, and congratulations for taking up snowboarding at uh, a certain age, shall we say. <laughs> That's great. It's I love it. Age, right? <laughs> yes it's i'm very grateful for that because right now if anyone asks me what's your biggest passion in life what wakes up your heart i would just say snowboarding so um, i'm very grateful i've tried that love it love it love it so thank you so much for this conversation anita it's been fa fantastic i've really enjoyed it and um I'll no doubt invite you on again for another conversation on another episode going forward and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. All right. So it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's lyn at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.